Welcome, welcome, welcome. On a Wednesday night, we uh, we said we weren't going to do it, and here we are. No intro. Bring it I'm going to be you honest. Off. That was uh, that was very weird coming in without With without no the music, music without no, the intro. No, yeah, I didn't like it. No lead up. We've got no soundboard. We've I've got no headphones. We've got errant kids. This wow. must have been what it was like doing a podcast back in like the Oregon Trail days. Like, look at you out there. Look um, at you. Tommy just, Bahama in the flesh, ladies and gentlemen. Just trying to make it happen up here on Houghton Lake. It's pouring rain out. I was set up outside. I had a beautiful backdrop of the lake. I was all set. And then like a storm literally rolled in. So I'm, I, sp I sprint up to the second floor balcony of one of the units that we're not even using. And... There's kids running around. I mean, it is just. There you go. Yes, yes. Uh, Lieutenant Johnson, uh, uh, Brandon has been released from jail. This is that. Uh, this is actually part of his release program is uh, giving back to the community there near the beach. So. Yeah. So anyway. Um, so here's the deal. Here, here's the deal. Last week we said we're not doing this. We're we're about to be doing five shows a week. The season's right around the corner. I am going to be on vacation. Let's just take a week off. Take a week off. No big deal. We, we've obviously got plenty of stuff coming in the in the next 10, 12, 15 days. Let's just take a week off. And then I get a little intel on some stuff going on with the quarterback. We hear about this Ann Arbor NIL group that has been, yeah, there's been people talking about it a little bit. Chris and I have had a lot of back and forths on the phone about this thing. I was actually on Woodward Sports the other day. I know they're, you know, whatever you think about Woodward Sports, whatever. There's a couple dudes there that I like quite a bit. They asked me to come on and talk about it. And, you know, I didn't pull any punches. I kind of I kind of called it like it was. Some of the stuff Chris and I have been talking about, we'll, we'll get into that here as well. But so we just decided, you know what, I don't know if we're going to go for a full hour. I don't know if we've got, you know, all the segments that we typically do. I don't have the soundboard. We had no intro. We're not going to have an outro, but we're here. We're bringing it to you live. I hope the internet cooperates. I hope the weather doesn't, I don't get electrocuted by lightning, whatever. But here we are here. This is just this site that I can see from over here, from where I'm at you with the hat, yeah, mm -hmm. with the wind blowing. It's just, man, this is, this is impressive. This is a show I mean, like no other. This, this is, is why people tune in. This is the kind of, uh, this is the kind of, uh, commitment that I have that I'm committed to. Um, <laughs> I felt the hat was a must. Uh, I purposely didn't show it to Chris until we were live. I know how he feels about this hat. We've I'm, had talks about it. I'm before. stunned. I'm stunned. I'm offended. I'm slightly scared. If um, I took this honest. up to the Wolverine weekend golf outing. I did not wear it by multiple <laughs> requests from Chris. The funny thing is, is during that weekend, I did. I if I had put this hat on, though, I would not have been the weirdest had no dressed person that weekend. No, no, that's, that's Chris. So where do we, wig. There it is. <laughs> so where do we go first here? Where do we go first? Do we go NIL? Do we go this whole, this JJ narrative where, I mean, what do you want to attack first? I think we go the, I think we go the NIL thing because I think the quarterback okay. stuff is, I mean, you know, we've hit that every single podcast we've done for the past month or two. Um, Obviously the obviously the NIL thing is like I said is getting some attention as of right now. Do we need do we need to preface anything, Chris? Do we need a disclaimer on this on this NIL deal because of where we not where we stand? I mean, like we've talked about this before. Something is better than nothing. There's no doubt about it. There is something now in place. There's a little bit of an infrastructure, but you and I have been talking through the details of this thing, and we do we see some issues with it? And we, we see a little bit of a of an unclear message baby or something that people think is going on. That's really not. So, I mean, like, do we need a disclaimer to say that we're not trying to shit on this idea, but like, I think it's important that people understand exactly how it works and what's going on here. Right. It's like, if you're, if you were in the desert and you were dying of thirst and somebody gave you a shot glass of water, you would take it, but you would still want the full canteen. You would still want more. So it's not, it's not that we necessarily have a problem with some of this new NIL stuff that's happening. I just don't know that it's enough to move the needle. And and what's interesting is that, um, I mean, I guess we could just get right into it. If you follow the players on social media, you would have seen over, you know, the last couple of days that, you know, whether it be on Twitter or Instagram, 
all of the players, the football players were coming out and saying, Hey, we've got this big news, big NIL news coming and we're going to need your help. And then it turns out what it is, is this NIL group, this NIL or Ann Arbor NIL, whatever with the club yeah, where fans can essentially pour money into a fund that goes to, you know, that gets divided up among however many football uh, players are part of this. And I think it's what 125 guys or so. We the, would say the number, the number that the website has used is 115 plus. So a minimum of 115, plus. probably North of 120, Yeah, somewhere in that ballpark. So let's just say, I mean, just, just, it's whatever that whatever that club brings in gets divided among the 115, the 120, the 125, however many guys are a part of it. And on the surface, it seems like it's a really good thing. But when you when you dig a little bit deeper, and I, I called Brandon about this after I was looking at it, and I we were just talking about it. And and one of the things that happens when you donate to this Ann Arbor NIL club is that the company running it, I think it's it's Yoke, the company running it takes 18% out of everything that comes in and that covers overhead and all the other expenses they have in order to, to run the platform. And so, you know, the goal stated on the website is $50,000. They hope to raise $50,000 per month uh, for the Ann Arbor NIL club to, to disperse or dispense to the Michigan football players. Well, if there's 125 players on the team and they hit, that $50,000 goal, that means 9,000 at 18%, 9,000 of that goes to the company that's running the Ann Arbor NIL club. The rest of it goes to the group, to the, the one, let's say it's 125 players. If it's 125 players, that means each player gets 328 bucks for the month, which look, if you're buying groceries, if you, you know, if you need some extra spending money, whatever the case is, $328, that's, it's not like that's nothing. Right. It's, it's as, nice. as I said, as I said at the onset, 328, it's better than zero. There's no sure. question. It's great. But I don't know that that's anything that you're going to be able to go on the recruiting trail and say, hey, look at this thing that we're doing. And, and that's going to move the needle with with anybody, especially when guys are looking at. I mean, you're talking about 328 bucks a month. There's guys that are that are talking multi-million dollar deals. Now, that's not the case for every single recruit, but even high four-star recruits. I mean, they're, you know, $328 a month is not going to be enough to 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 bring anybody to the table. And so that's one side of it. The other side of it is there is no cap and people can donate as much money as they want. But the problem is if you are a wealthy guy like a Steven Ross or any of the other wealthy, you know, um, alumni that, that Michigan has, why would you ever put your money into something like that where you're going to give away 18% before it even gets to the players and then have it divided up. And so Let, let's just throw the arbitrary number out there, Chris, let's say Steven Ross throws 50 million in this fund. There you go. Which dude, Now you're talking about paying some players a lot of money right off rip, dude, 9 million bucks goes to yoke. He ain't doing that. He's never going to do that. Nobody wealthy is ever going to be doing that. No way. Like you said to me, Chris, a bunch of times, these kind of guys have their own foundations. They don't need to run it through some secondary online company like Yoke that's worth 10% of the that's worth 10% of the guy's net worth that's giving the donation. Like they're just not going to do that, man. There's right. no way. And so that's why I think like when, when something like this comes out, fans get excited and rightfully so, because they have an opportunity to help because for so long people have been like Michigan needs to do more in NIL. And now here fans have the opportunity to do something. But if you're a regular guy who's out there donating, you know, $200 a month, and you think that this is really lining the pockets of the players, it's not the vast majority me, of that is going elsewhere. I'm going to grab one of our guys right here. One of our avid followers, a loyal fan, Malachi. He gave five bucks. Awesome, dude. That's great. Like you said, you've been, you know, it kind of rubbed you the wrong way. You still gave your five. There's probably thousands of people out there that are going to do the same thing. Maybe they get to that $50,000 mark. They probably will. The Michigan network is massive. People have got a little bit of money. Like we understand that angle, but for Malachi specifically, he gave his $5. 90 cents of that $5 went straight to Yoke, and every player on that team got three cents from Malachi's five bucks. 
So even if you're thinking like, all right, I'm going to give $5. I want Blake Corum to go out and get a burger on me, man. Let me go get Blake Corum a burger. No, he just made three cents. At the end of the year, if you re-up, because that's another part of the program, you sign up to have this 5 bucks or 10 bucks or 100 bucks or whatever it is come out every month. So if Malachi is given $5 every month, you just gave Blake Corum 36 cents for the year. And dude, like, like it's just, it's just not like to, to Chris's point, it's not a needle moving thing. It's not anything you can go to the recruiting trail and say, look what we're doing. 350 bucks is cool, man. That's great. I'll take 350 bucks right now. But when you've got people at players at MSU and Texas tech man, making 25, 30, $40,000 just for being on the roster because they have a collective in place that allows them to do so. This is peanuts, man. There's well, just no other way to slice it. Again, the numbers are right there. Can we can we also talk about look there's another side of this that is very important in that everybody who's making a donation into this fund is expecting something in return whether it be merchandise exclusive content one-on-ones meet and greets whatever the case is and so these guys are going to be held to certain obligations that have been promised to the people that are donating it, it, look i'm not i'm not saying that the kids aren't reliable but i'm also saying that they're busy and they have a lot of shit going on and they're athletes and they're students and they've got people pulling them in a million different directions mm-hmm. and when this does get paid out and these guys are taking these little bit of chunks I mean, from, from a tax purpose, like how is all of this being tracked? And I just, I, I, I don't know. It seems like it would be so much easier for five. Now this goes back to what Juwan Howard was talking about, a collective where five wealthy donors get together, they put together a fund and they issue however many dollars to, you know, the Michigan football program or the basketball program or whoever else. And then that way you don't have a middleman. You don't have a company in the middle trying to shave off 18%. And you don't have a situation where you really have to divide it among this. I mean, dude, this is so layered. This is another thing we want to talk. I want to talk about that. We brought up the situation that Michigan has put itself in now is that everything has to be divided evenly among the team. And what that does is that waters down all of these potential opportunities these kids have, because you know what? This transformational versus transactional, that basically said that all of our guys are going to get paid. No one guy is more important than the other. So we feel like all of our players should be getting paid. So when you dump $30,000 into, you know, into a, um, a fund, that seems great. Like, yeah, you're raising a lot of money until you've got to shave 18% off for somebody right off the top and then divide it 125 ways. And now all of a sudden that $30,000 isn't going very far. And so again, you don't want to shit on what people are doing because we're just the guys that are observing. We're watching it happen. Other people are trying to make things happen, but the burden shouldn't be on the fan base to try to fund NIL for the university of Michigan. The burden should be on the guys who went to the University of Michigan, guys and gals, and are making a ton of money in their professional life and by the swipe of one pen could set Michigan for NIL for like the next decade. You did the math, Brandon. Interesting that you bring up that point, Christopher. Let's just, we, we keep using, using Stephen Ross. Look, it's not his responsibility solely, but we all know the Ross name. His name's on buildings all over campus. The dude's given half a billion dollars to the University of Michigan in one fail swoop before. Maybe not in one fail swoop. It might have been two gifts. Regardless, he's given over half a billion dollars to the university. If he was to give $25 million, all right, like that's, that's a shitload of money. Don't get me wrong. But to Stephen Ross, it's not. He's done well above that multiple times. But if he was to give $25 million to the University of Michigan for an NIL collective, that would give the Michigan players, every single player on the roster, $22,000 a year for 10 years. Like, that's when you can start to get into something that's game-changing, when you can start to take that out on the recruiting trail and say, now we've got this amount just by – you're talking about a guy who, if this was in place – you get a kid who comes to campus as a freshman the first year that it's there, he's going to make 80 grand just by being on the team without even going after anything else. And you said it before, Chris, you make you make five appearances for the Stephen Ross Foundation or for this or for that, right. and that's all it is. You don't have to do 50 online meetups with fans that are given $6 where it just there, – there's just so many better ways to do this. And for some reason, Michigan is just falling short. And again – don't shoot the messengers, man. This is not me and Chris. This is Juwan Howard talking about they need to do something like this. This is Hunter Dickinson saying 
Michigan's going to miss out on guys because we're not doing anything like this. And it's a lot harder here than it needs to be. So again, there's been a, there's been a, there's been a, a pattern of really like overhyping and kind of under delivering when it comes to Michigan's NIL approach. And I, I again, I don't want to, I don't want to dump all over this thing because you know, some money's better than no money, but like, it's just it's just not on the level that it could and should be at a place like Michigan who could literally do this thing better than anybody in the country. Like, that's a fact. And we've talked about this many times before, why those reasons are what they are. And, you know, for, for you know, a collective or this group thing to, to have a $50,000 goal, that's a pretty big number. You see that number and you get excited, but then you do the math and 350 bucks a player just or 320 or what right. you know whatever number you use if it's 150 well, I mean, whatever use using we talked about this using the example i mean we did a sit down interview with three players and it was for an hour of their time and each player made i don't know do we want to say how much each player made for that sit down interview that we did i don't think there's any problem with that i mean so, so, is all right. above so, so we so we paid so we paid each player $500 which isn't a lot of money $500 a piece for an hour of their time to do a sit down interview. No middleman, no 18% cut off, no, no dividing it among the, among their teammates. That's money in hand for an hour of their time. I just feel like that's the way NIL should be done. I feel like this consistent effort to try to want to divide things 125 ways to make it fair for the team. That's only going to work. If you find somebody who's wealthy enough to write a big fat check that the fans check. are not going to be able to, to fund an NIL program. That's going to be valuable enough to line the pockets of 125 student athletes. And at that point, listen, this thing doesn't, this doesn't include basketball. This doesn't include right. any of yeah. the other uh, sports that are out there at the university of Michigan. And so I just, I see people sharing this and dumping money into it and talking about all, all the numbers that are associated with it. But I just hope fans understand that when you throw $500 into this thing, just understand you're not making nearly as much of an impact doing that as you could, if you could find a way to just give it directly to the player, which is what these donors could do. So if you, if you gave $500 for the Ann Arbor NIL club, right off rip, $90 of it went to yoke. So you just gave yoke 90 bucks. And then from your 410 divided by 115 guys, you just gave each player on the team $3 and 50 cents. So a I mean, five hundred dollar donation gets each player three bucks. I mean, that's that's what this is. It's it's and it, it's it's really interesting, Chris, because you said Michigan has kind of painted itself into this corner with this transformational versus transactional. Harbaugh has said it. Jake Butt has said it. Other people playing the NIL game have you said can't, it. You can't they, start paying individual guys now. It's going to be real hard to go back on that now. It's going to be real hard to go back on that now. And I saw a comment yep. up here. I, I don't want to call him out and. You know, this is just a discussion. Again, I'm not trying to be like a dick about this. Like there's something there that's better than nothing. But again, I just think people need to understand exactly how this is working. This isn't like something we had to dig up. You go right on Yoke's website or the Ann Arbor NIL Club's website, and it says right there in plain writing, like we take 18% off the top. I mean, it says it right there. I don't know if anybody's clicking down there and looking at that stuff, but Larry, you know, he says he's at the point that we're just going to continue to bitch about something. But, but again, dude, like Dude, we we didn't we didn't invent this idea, man. Chris just went and sat down with Jawan Howard for forty five minutes last week, and he brought it up. That, that's I mean, what, go ahead. That's what I don't grab, understand. Grab like, Juwan and tell him he's bitching about it. Then we're we're or literally he, saying the same that. the same exact thing that a guy like Juwan Howard said what a little more than a week ago. And what I'm what all I'm trying to say is this type of thing isn't the game changer that some people are promoting it to be. The, the only way that you're really going to compete with the, 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 the universities or the programs that are doing NIL well, look at what they're doing. What did Juwan Howard single out? He said collectives. He, said he wasn't talking. Yeah. He wasn't talking about online clubs where fans can donate money. He was talking about wealthy donors that can make a big impact. And that's, and that's really what it is. I saw several people at the very beginning of this saying like, I think Malachi was one and there was others that was like, this is like, why are they asking the fans to do this? Like they're already shelling out their hard earned money to go to the games and to, to tailgate and to do this and do that. Now they're, you know, now it's up to the fans and to the like, fans will do it because, NIL. because they will. want it, they want it to yeah. happen. And, and, and you will have a guy that goes and gives $500 and thinks he's making a difference. And he doesn't realize that only $3 went to each player. Yeah. I mean, just, dude, that's not know. dude. That's not even enough to get like a meal at McDonald's. 
I'm not trying to like take shots. We haven't really gone that route. We're just kind of pointing out the facts at this point. But Lewis Blake. So is that a three dollar and fifty cent direct deposit, or is that a check that each player? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I don't. You know, I just yeah, and I just man. feel like it becomes it becomes a logistical nightmare in terms of yeah. paperwork and how all this gets checked and, 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 you know, what guys have to sit down and produce what type of content and when, and they have to do it during a season where they're trying to repeat, you know, for a big 10 championship. I mean, I just, this thing just is, I mean, <laughs> probably, wasn't a, there... <laughs> probably a gift card to the M den Cody said, <laughs> Oh man. I don't want to laugh. Are we just like... miserable people? Are we just miserable? No, dude. no, no, yeah, we are. We are. We're, 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 you know, Dave Chappelle, man, we're keeping it real. Sometimes I just, it real I just long. want, listen, Michigan has produced a lot of wealthy alumni. They, they have to be sitting out there somewhere saying we could, we could change the face of NIL at the university of Michigan for the next decade if we wanted to. And, and here's, here's an, here's the last thing I want to say about that. Those people are out there. Either they have had that conversation already and have tried and Michigan has said no or they haven't had that conversation and Michigan hasn't reached out or there's some other disconnect that I'm not aware of, but I, I can't imagine how can morons like you and I be having these conversations, but the people who are actually in a, a position of power to do something about it, aren't having them. So I wanted to point this out real quick, CJ. Um, no, I'm not going to donate because Chris and I that, have no. been having, Chris and I have been having guys on the podcast and we've been paying them directly for their time more than they're making for than any of these deals. I mean, you go to this, you go to the sports card packs that you can buy at the end and the players get like 16 cents per pack sold or something like, no, I mean, Chris just pointed it out. Did we had JJ McCarthy, Andrew Anthony and Donovan Edwards on the, on for that long sit down. They spent a little more than an hour with us and we gave them $500 a piece. And I'm not trying to, dude, I'm not trying to flex, but like, that's what NIL is for, man. Give the money to the dudes that and, are supposed and- to be getting it. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. We value no, their it time. Doesn't and, need to be, it doesn't right. need to be uh, like a, ooh, I can't, no, like, dude, I've talked to so many, like, it's a weird, it's kind of, we've got some pushback at Michigan early on, not so much anymore, but we got some pushback with the NIL stuff at Michigan. And now, you know, you, yeah, you see like, okay, Nicolas Crawford, he's out there doing commercials for an HVAC company. And I saw a dude on a bag of potato chips and, you know, DJ Uyungole for Clemson was doing a Dr. Pepper commercial. Like this is what's going on. There's, there's no reason to be like, oh, we we paid them to do this. No, like that's why NIL was implemented. Now these guys can live up to some of their worth and their value and earn money based on who they are. It just yeah. makes sense to do it that way. And so for the people who are like, ah, I'm sick of hearing about this. Well, uh, tough shit. Sorry. Like, dude, you know who's not sick of hearing about it? The guy's making $100,000 to play college football next year. They're and, not and, sick and, of hearing about it. Right. And, and I will say when Juwan Howard brought it up, in that, in that press conference, that sit down meeting that we had, he didn't, it wasn't like it was forced out of him. He said specifically when he was talking about, he said, you know what? I know this is going to make headlines and I don't care. And then he went off and rattled off a bunch of things that he wishes they had and they don't have. And, and one of the main things he talked about was a collective. And and it just goes back to the fact that if you ever want to move the needle, from an NIL standpoint, Michigan has to have a collective in place. And, and based on the numbers Brandon and I threw around, the, Michigan, the, the alumni base could easily, easily set the NIL landscape for the University of Michigan yeah. for the next 10 years. For the next 10 years. And that's something you can go on the recruiting trail and talk about. Look, when you sign here and you come play for this football program, I don't care who you are, whether you're a three-star, five-star guy, whatever, you make 80 grand in the four years you play football here at the University of Michigan. That's a pretty strong selling tool on on on, uh, on the recruiting trail. You know what isn't? 328 bucks a month. <laughs> and, and like, I mean, somebody else brought this up in the comments too. Like, Jim Harbaugh's not unaware. What did he say when... He was asked about Ryan Day's $13 million comment. He's like, yeah, we could double that at Michigan. He's freaking right. They could triple it. They could quadruple. Dude, if everybody got their got their ducks in a row and got on board with this thing and really started pumping it up, man, Michigan could run the game with NIL. There's only a few programs in the country who have the kind of money, the kind of backing, the kind of academics, the network, the alumni, all that stuff that Michigan does. And Michigan could be one of the big boys, if not the biggest boy on the block with NIL. We've been saying it since day one. It's still the same discussion. It's still the same problems that that 
you know, I don't know. We we've talked about this before. Like, what is the hangup? What is where where are the hurdles? What exactly is the red tape? Like, what what what's the holdup? I don't understand. Because they're playing the game, they're just like not. I don't. It's weird, man. I, I just don't really know what to make of it. Where, where right? Where is the collective? Where is it? Like this stuff oh. is cool, but I feel like again, you saw it pop up on social media, and people were getting excited about it, and the number kept going up, and it was like. You know, I just, I, it's, it, I think it is important for fans to understand that even if you make a significant donation, like a $500 donation, three bucks per player isn't really moving the needle. And, and, and it feels like there's better ways to, uh, I don't know, to get the money couple in the hands good, of the players. A couple good questions here. Yeah. Yeah. A couple good questions here. I want to give you guys some, some credit here. Uh, Aaron, yes, that's Stephen Ross. He, he's the guy we've been talking about. He absolutely could do the NIL program all by himself. That's not his responsibility, but we know his willingness to give and the amount of money that he has. He could do that literally all by himself. He shouldn't have to, but he could certainly be involved. And, in, you know, I, I, I'm I'm willing to bet he knows some pretty smart dudes when it comes to the business, financial, and legal world that could get on the same page and have this shit cranked out in a week. Like literally next week, Michigan could be flowing tens of thousands of dollars to each player on the roster, and it just hasn't happened. And that's that's a head scratcher, dude. I don't really understand why that's not why that why that isn't happening. Uh, and there was one other one that I thought jumped out at me here that I thought we should. Um... Oh, Douglas, we absolutely could ask about it at the press conference. But anybody who's ever paid attention to Jim Harbaugh or anything about the football program, we know what kind of answer we're going to get with that. It, ask it's about what really... specifically. Like why this isn't happening? Like if you ask Jim Harbaugh, like why oh. is the why, he, he's not going to talk about that? He 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 totally avoids anything that's not like directly related to his personnel or the game or the like. And even that stuff. A, a perfect direct, example. But. A perfect example. You would never get and, and look. I from a personal standpoint, I like Jim Harbaugh, but you will never get the type of answer from Jim Harbaugh that Juwan Howard gave on NIL during his press conference. And that is correct. That is a value that look, everybody feels it. And even Juwan Howard referenced Jim Harbaugh saying, we all need to do better. We all want help, but we could ask Jim Harbaugh that question. You're not going to get an answer like that. So it's not even worth asking it. Juwan Howard, like the fact that Juwan Howard said it, he's the head basketball coach at the university of Michigan. And he went down a laundry list of things. Here's what I don't have. Here's what I need. How is there not people all around just running to say, here you go, Juwan. I, yeah. I don't understand it. I don't. Lewis, it. this is, this is something Chris said earlier. Maybe it was glossed over a little bit, or he didn't draw a ton of attention to it. Has Stephen Ross tried to give money and Michigan said, no, something like that. He, we, we don't know. We like Chris said, I don't, Chris, did you outline it as three options, right? Like yeah, either, either, either he has, and they haven't allowed him to, or he hasn't. And they haven't asked, which is weird. Or, I don't know. Is there even a third option? The other one would be that they've that they've tried and they've run in they've run into these issues that I don't really know what they are. You know, or like, yeah, I, dude, I don't know. I, I I find myself dumbfounded self, when I see these self inflicted. When I see these numbers being thrown around at a program like M like SMU and Texas Tech, I'm just like, what? Miami's been dude been doing stuff since July 1st of last year. As soon as it was allowed, you saw like. Derek King and all these other quarterbacks, or I'm sorry, all these other players, like doing this deal and doing that deal from a private from a from a private guy who, to my understanding, he, I can't remember the dude's name. I apologize for that, but he owns a bunch of gyms in Miami and I think actually internationally. He's not even a Miami alum. He's just a huge Miami fan, and he started pumping this money out through the NIL approach. And all the players have to do is like, you know, rock a gym T-shirt or something, or say on social media, like, "Yo, if I'm not working out at Miami, this is the gym I go to," and they get like fifteen thousand yeah. dollars. I don't understand how it can be so, how it can look and be so easy at other places and at Michigan where they should be killing it. They're just, they're just not. So. I don't well, know. Well, yeah, but you're also you're just a hater. Jesus, what are you? Are you are you in uh are you in a wind tunnel over there? Is it real windy right now? I am kind of in a wind tunnel. I don't I mean, I like give a you guys, I mean the, the winds the winds whipping. I gotta see give some us, light. Give us a stuff. give us a quick weather report, would you? Oh well, I was gonna give you a little one A, a little three six. No, just give us a quick um, weather report there. 
I'm, I run hot and I'm a little chilly. I mean, so the wind is going pretty good out here. The flags are completely perpendicular to the ground. Uh, I see some white. The white-cap angle of the there. dangle is directly uh, proportional to the heat of meat. Very good, very good. And uh, there's some caps out on the Ho- on a Houghton Lake, and uh, you know the rain is still coming down. I'm just trying to get it in, dude. I'm just trying to provide a service, and um, I think we're doing all right. Except just we're trying just trying to live. Well, look, we, we just- made eight. Hey, we we made it thirty minutes on nil. We we haven't even touched JJ yet. Let's get do into. We need, do we need well, to get to that? Well, see now. Had, well, if I had the record skip, that would have been it. That would have been it. Should we? we uh, should touched him yet? Pause. Should we get yeah. on that topic? Should we get on that topic? Yeah. So I was able to talk to somebody who who was at a practice recently, and um, you know, I, I asked them straight up, like, all right, if you were playing a game, like, who are you going with? And they said, Kate. They said it's really. A pretty easy answer right now. Like he's efficient, he's smart. Like Dave Revson, you know, said like the ball doesn't touch the ground, and they they echoed that. They said, you know, what what Dave Revson said was accurate. Like he he's he he completes the passes, he makes the right decisions, he doesn't turn it over, he doesn't put the team in harm's way. He just moves the ball down the field. It's not super exciting, it's not super flashy. There's a lot of runs involved, there's a lot of short passes. But those short passes sometimes turn into big plays because you've got a lot of really talented skill guys. He just does the right thing the whole way down the field. They rarely have to punt. They rarely don't score points. And that is extremely valuable. And then they said, JJ is so much more talented than Kate. It's not even funny. It's so noticeable. His legs, his arm talent, the the velocity, the angles, the throwing on the move. But he's risky. He throws picks. He tries to fit it in small windows. He throws across the field. He puts it into double coverage. He's freewheeling. He's improving. He's running around with the ball in his hand like a loaf of bread. Like He's like, and don't get me wrong, a lot of the great ones do that shit a lot. He said J.J. does it a little too much, especially when you've got a guy like Cade sitting right there who doesn't do any of that stuff and still leads the team on a lot of scoring drives. And, like, I, dude, I don't have a rebuttal. And you know where where I stand. It's the on this. first. It's we, dude. We a week ago we sat here trying to figure out what the hell could it be. Asking ourselves literally, is JJ just not as good as maybe we thought? And what we've heard first from Revson and then from the other practice observer that that you had the opportunity to speak to, that is a scenario that does kind of add up to me and does make sense. I, I can see how that would be the case that JJ is just by nature a guy who wants to make plays and Cade seems very built and wired to play within an offense. And when we talked about this the other day, I almost wonder if the fact that the offense is as talented as, as it is might be working against JJ McCarthy because I don't think there's any question you have an offensive line that's arguably talented than last year's line, which was the best O line in the country. You've got arguably the best backfield in the country and Corm and Edwards. And we know what they have with the wide receivers and the tight ends. And so maybe with this offense, you just need a quarterback who can play within the system and the weapons can do what they do. That's about as far as I can go to like convince myself that there should be a reason why JJ shouldn't start because at the end of the day, what a lot of people are referring to as risk, I just call playmaking ability. Mm-hmm. Like I, t- I told when we were on the phone the other day, that throw that JJ made to Andrew Anthony against Michigan State, that was a risky throw. And the end was. result was a touchdown. JJ McCarthy made a couple risky throws against Georgia, one of which was a touchdown. The other, almost a touchdown to Donovan Edwards, I think. Like JJ, like the, the great ones make risks. Like the, they're only risky plays to the people who can't pull up. Dude, that throw in West against Western Michigan across the field, risky Seed. play. See. He can do that. And so I get that maybe it doesn't look as safe with Cade, but I don't like this. I really take issue with this whole JJ being a risk thing. And you saw it start to pop up when it was like, oh, well, the fumbles against Michigan State. And, oh, you know, there, there seems to be this assumption that if, if JJ is the guy, he's just inherently going to throw more interceptions and turn the ball over more, which maybe, but he also might throw another 30 touchdowns in the process yeah. as well. Like both things can be possible. Yeah, we've talked about that a lot, you and I, off off camera, on camera, whatever. All right, maybe J.J. does throw a few more picks, but he might also throw 20 more touchdowns and break every passing record at Michigan. Like, I I fully I fully envision that being in his 
future and in his part of his skill set to be right. good enough to do that. You know, like, I don't know, dude. I mean, we're not at practice. We don't see it. And the person I talked to was there for one day. They're not there for all 30 practices or 20, whatever it is, 20 practices leading up to the opener. We'll see what we see when the games start. And I know I got a little flack for this when I put the article up. Like, we're going to know in 11 days. And people are like, no, we're not. I'm like, well, somebody's going to start the game, right? And I think whoever starts the first game is going to be the starter the rest of the way. I just, I just think that. I don't think I don't think Cade McNamara starts. And over the course of two or three games, J.J. passes him. I, I just don't think that's going to happen. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, Chris. Where do you fall on that? I think whoever is the guy for snap number one is the guy moving forward. I just, yeah, I just I, think that's I, how I was going to roll. The reason why I think that's going to happen is because I, I think Michigan is just going to be – Michigan is going to be 11-0 going into Columbus. So, you know, unless – you know, they're already struggling to make a, the quarterback change now or make a decision there. If Michigan is you're gonna make the change when Michigan's four and oh after the first four right. weeks, you're gonna, I mean, you're gonna make it when they're they're eight and oh, you're gonna make it with you know, that change is not happening. I do believe it's gonna be Cade that starts week one, and I do think it's gonna be Cade that starts the whole season for the reason that we just talked about. Michigan, it doesn't matter, and I said this earlier, not a knock against Davis Warren, but I think Michigan could be eleven and oh going into that final week if Davis Warren was the quarterback that's how loaded they are offensively and davis warren isn't a slouch of a quarterback you let him work behind that offensive line and with those weapons there's a lot of quarterbacks in the big 10 that could do really well let's do this let's do this little discussion we were i was i remember that it just popped into my head i was doing the dad thing right you remember this conversation chris i was the dad I was, thing i was fixing sprinklers at about 11 o'clock at night and you and i were on the phone <laughs> And yeah. we started going down the list of Big Ten quarterbacks that probably could have had the same results last year as Cade as a starter. And dude, this isn't to disparage Cade, but this is talking. This is propping up and pumping up the rest of Michigan's roster. How good their O line is, how good their defense was, how good their skill players are. Like you're going to be able to do what they did last year again this year with just about anybody under center. And I, like again, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to take away from what. Yes, you, you know, are. You hater. No, I'm. I'm really not. Okay, let, let me just ask you a question. Let's go down the list. Let's go down the list. Oh, last yeah, year, let's, let, let's. last year in 2021, could Michigan uh, won the Big Ten title? Had the same result yep. with Tagovailoa out of Maryland behind center. Yes. Uh, what is it? Is it Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue? Yes. Peyton Thorne out of Michigan State. Yes. Sean Clifford out of Penn State. Yes. Adrian Martinez out of Nebraska. He's a little bit more he's a, he's he that would be a shaky one. I like a lot of what he does, but he's a little bit he's a, he takes way too many risks. And and we've seen it. This is not like guessing at what JJ might do, but like so, we've seen him bone it up. So there's one out of the first six. But even Tanner, he's like a maybe. I he, maybe. even he you, Tanner, yeah, I'm Tanner sure Morgan. He, Tanner Morgan yeah, percent I think Adrian Martinez can hand the ball off 45 times a game. That's the, again, you get back to that, and like you're talking about a lot of guys who could do that. Graham Mertz, Wisconsin. I don't feel like I've seen enough of Graham Mertz to really make that, but I but I know he was insanely talented coming out of high school. Michigan wanted him, and he's a big timer, and he's you know, I would say yeah, I would say yes. I would think so. I'm in Helsinki, uh, Northwestern. Brandon Peters. Could Peters have come back from Illinois and taken Michigan to a Big Ten title last year with that team? Transfers around? back to Michigan, wins the starting job. <laughs> BP leads Michigan I mean, to a Big Look, at, I listen. This is, again, I feel like we have to keep saying this because there's people who routinely want to misunderstand or twist you know, what we're saying. It's not a knock against Cade. It's just Michigan's team was designed in such a way last year that a lot of guys could have played within that system at court. Yeah. I think J.J. McCarthy could have played within that system and Michigan would have had it, – it, well, I, I feel like it would have been a better result, but that's neither here nor there. Bottom line is – there's a lot of players, a lot of quarterbacks in the Big Ten last year that I think could have led Michigan to the same heights. It's and I don't not, think that's unfair. It's not. It's not. It's not unfair. And I saw, I saw a friend of the show, again another another loyal follower. Man, y'all really shitting on Kate. I'm. I, I don't think so. <laughs> this isn't Pee Wee Dog. This is Big Ten Michigan football. We're trying to win. You know, they're trying to win a title. All right. Listen. Like, listen. Out of the quarterbacks, well, you know, 
<laughs> Chris Brown. I, I'm, I'm not gonna listen. I'm not gonna go down the list. I. Lieutenant is, Johnson has something for you. Chris Bryler at QB. Michigan wins at least one game last year. Well, yeah, of course. Well, I'll, let me put it this way: If I was quarterback for the first four weeks, I guarantee Michigan's going four and zero. So it doesn't matter, you know. This year, I got it. That, that's not me. I got to get that on a drop. Chris four and zero at thirty eight. Looking you best believe probably more, probably more Dude, like a. Could you imagine like a Connor Hayward type of fullback you, than a quarterback at this point? Could you imagine if I took a hit from the blind side? My body would just explode into a million. There would just be shrapnel and body everywhere. Listen, I was at Chris. I was at Chris's house the other day, and we were throw, we were hucking it around a little bit. He's got the lefty out there. It wasn't pretty, but <laughs> it's serviceable. Could it, be, could it be effective? Maybe, maybe. Um, no, I mean, like, obviously, I can, we're being, I can like, hand I can hand the ball off. I can do that. Yeah. Now it now it does kind of sound like we're shitting on Kate a little bit. Um, I, I don't want it to come off that way. This is a, it's a, it's a it's a testament to how good the rest of the team was around everybody last year. The running backs, yeah. the O line, the defense, Aiden Hutchinson, Ojabo, Mike McDonald, Colin. But plays. I like, guess I guess what I'm trying to that. say is I don't think the difference maker last year in 2021 was at the quarterback position. I think Cade That's played. That's fair his, to say. Nobody I think should Cade, be right. about that. Cade played his position well. He did very well playing his position. I don't I mean, think he was like, the difference maker for Michigan. Is that forever, unfair? Forever and ever, people are always going to say, like, Trent Dilfer got a Super Bowl ring because he was on <laughs> one of the best Tampa And you know what Trent Dilfer does? He kisses his Super Bowl ring and goes and takes a nap. He's good. Like, Cade's fine hearing a little bit of this. Like, dude, he threw 20 touchdown passes. Like, dude, like, let's call it what it is. Like, it's fine. It's fine. That's not unfair to say that. Did but he throw 20? There's like 20, 22 or something, wasn't it? 23? It wasn't, uh, yeah. The record is still standing at 25 or 26. Well, that so, record will continue to stand. Yeah, I mean, we we both, we all, we all think, you know, Michigan's going to absolutely march through the first three, probably march through the first four. Um, you know, Maryland at home is going to be a bloodbath. I, I think Michigan's going to beat that ass in Iowa City. I know that's a tough place to play. It is the stripe out game. Did you see that? The stripe out I game. I did. But I, I think Michigan's going to march, dude. I think they're going to be really, I think they're going to be really freaking good this year, dude. I really do. I think the defense is going to be better than people thought. I think the offense is going to be, Un, damn near unstoppable for at times. I mean, every 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 team hits Dude. you know hits a wall here and there. But I, I think this is going to be another fun season to cover the team because they're going to win and they're going to win a lot. And yeah, I don't think it matters who's back there. And we talked about this before too. All right, let's say JJ's so good he wins the job. They're not like reshaping the entire offense just because JJ's the guy. He's still going to hand it off a bunch and hopefully make the easy play and, and just let the rest of the team win against inferior opponents. Yeah. Like, Brandon, I, listen, I, we need a record scratch. I, I got to stop the show here. Kate threw 15 touchdowns. Last year. 15. You said 22. Like it was like, nah, I think it was 22. Dude, you almost doubled him up by accident. 15. 15. See, I'm not a Kate hater. I can't be a hater. If I thought he threw 22. Dude, 15 Jesus. touchdown 15? passes. And 14 games. But, but, but now, now, but it's, it's chicken or the egg. Is it, is that a product of the way Cade plays ball? Or is that a product of the way Michigan's offense is ran? Is Cade perfectly capable of going out and throwing 30 touchdowns in a season? If he's allowed to do so, I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe that's what Will I was Michigan's thinking. Will Michigan's offense ever get to the point where they allow a quarterback to potentially throw 30 touchdowns a season? I hope so. Dude, like 50 quarterbacks in the country threw 30 touchdowns last year. Like, that's not even a mark anymore. That's the crazy thing. That number that stands for Michigan's record is crazy, dude. Crazy. In 2022? Man. Well, I will say, you know, uh, in terms of whether or not Cade uh, uses this as motivation, but he said it several times at Big Ten Media Days that he does not pay attention or care about what anybody on the outside says. Or th- now, granted, I know people say that, but yeah, you have to look around. You have to see the narrative. And I'm quite certain that Kate is aware of, of how a large portion of the Michigan fan base feels. And I'm sure that fuels him. And it should fuel him. If I'm Cade McNamara, my hair is on fire going into this season. I am just yeah. looking to, to kill everything in my way. Whether or not he actually can remains to be seen. But and I said this earlier, 
based on what's happened before, like everybody who's in the JJ McCarthy boat, you're going on a very small sample size and a lot of belief of what he could be. Absolutely. In terms of actual reality and production and what's on paper, there's no question that Cade has the strongest case to be made for being the starting quarterback come this fall. And and he's carried himself that way this offseason. I will say this. And, you know, I find myself because we've interviewed JJ and we're, you know, we, we kind of, you know, we palled up with him a little bit. It's it's hard to, to critique the kid, but I have been extremely impressed with the way that Cade McNamara has carried himself this offseason. You can tell he's carrying himself like this is his football team. And, and I just, JJ doesn't quite have that <laughs> feeling or aura about him yet. When you're around him, he doesn't really carry himself like it's his team. Cade McNamara has that. And he really presented himself that way at big 10 media days. Some pretty cool comments. I just want to throw these up here. Cause I just feel like people kind of got on a roll right here a little bit. Um, and I want to get your take on this. Well, actually I'll come back to that one. Cause I want to have some discussion on that. These other ones are just going to be kind of throwing them up there. Um, yeah, Captain Banana Peel, we did decide to go live this week after we said we weren't. Apologies. You can always watch it on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter. The whole thing will be up there. But, yeah, we just decided we needed to do it. It doesn't matter where we're at, what we're doing. I mean, I, I can put this on and still just bring the heat. Always keep your head on a swivel. Brandon, for the love of God. Listen, can you guys – can can you Listen. understand why I wouldn't allow him to wear that uh, up in Traverse City? That, you can't wear that around. Nick Saban just inked a $94 million deal with this on. Okay, while Brandon, 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 when we start inking $94 million deals, we can rock well, those hats. We're on our way. All right, listen. Sorry, Banana like Peel. Selling tube socks out, out in the, the street corner at stoplight. Wearing that. Jesse, uh, I like your comment. I like your last name better. Areola, well done. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, th this is, I mean, it's like what we've seen, like, you know, like a, a guy like CJ Carr, a guy like Dante Moore, they don't want to play that kind of football. They don't, man. They want to, they want to spread it around, man. They want to get drafted in the first round. They don't want to hand it off 50 times. I mean, like, it, it's not a secret. Like we've talked about that before and you know, I don't know, man. It's, it's a, it's a, it's, but dude, 12 and two big 10 title whooped Ohio at State the end that. of the day. That's what it is. That's what I'm saying. You know, like the strongest case to be made is what Cade McNamara has already done at the University of Michigan. It's really hard to top Sean the results. Bennett, Sean Bennett, be careful because Mr. Bryler has a tattoo on his body that he had to get because of a proclamation he made on this very show. All right, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> I I'm not willing to make the commitment yet, but I it, listen, if Cade McNamara were to win the Heisman Trophy. I might be willing to get like a something, something to, I would be, I mean, cause that would mean that Michigan obviously had an incredible, I just, yeah, it's a pretty safe bet. I think Sean, you'll be safe making that bet. You'll be, I mean, I just don't think that even if they kick ass again, the numbers just aren't going to be there. It would have to be Cade with the caption saying, what happens if we went out, huh? <laughs> this is an interesting question because I do think you see that a little bit depending on, ah, uh, I know you for sure do in the NFL. I'll say that. I know you for sure see the team kind of take on a personality like it's starting quarterback in the NFL. Longer season, usually a guy's the guy for multiple years. Like it just it just kind of happens that way. In college, I don't know. I think this is an interesting question. Chris, I'll, I'll kick it to you. Do you think the team would have a different per – first of all, what does that really mean? I think it kind of goes back to like does the offense take on a little bit different look? Do they reshape things a little bit? Are they – you know, is there a confidence level? Like, what, what does that really mean? But would the team have a different overall personality with J.J. at QB versus Cade? I think that's an interesting discussion. I think both dudes have great leadership skills. I think both dudes are capable of winning a lot of games. I think both dudes are well-liked. I, I, I think this is an interesting question. Yeah, I think so, because I think, uh, I think, I think there's just more electricity on the field and in the stadium when JJ McCarthy is on the football field, because so much more is possible. Like this is another thing we've talked about before. Like if, if Cade could do everything that JJ could do, there would never be any reason to bring JJ in the football game ever. Cade would just be the guy, but there's certain things you need JJ McCarthy on the football field for. I don't know that the, the same can be said the other way around. Like JJ can hand the ball off. He can clearly make throws, but he's got this other element. He's got that juice to him, that game changing playmaking sort of thing. And when you have a guy like that on the field, 
it does change the way your team performs and it changes the way the team believes in themselves and what they can do. And a guy like Andrew Anthony going up in the corner and snagging a ball out of the air and people feed off of that energy. And so, yeah, I do think there's something to be said for this. This offense can clearly hum along with Cade playing within it and, and just sticking to the script. But when you got a guy who can get out of the pocket and make things happen and make big plays and get the crowd going, it changes things. And then if you get an offense believing that they can do something spectacular, now all of a sudden come November, I mean, you've got a legitimate chance to go into a college football playoff or go into Columbus and come out with a win and, and be a legitimate contender for a national championship. And I think that's really what this is about is everybody knows Cade McNamara can, can bring a big 10 championship to Ann Arbor. He's already proven he can done that or he can do that. The question is, is he the type of guy that can get Michigan further now? And I'm just not so sure, based on what we saw in his bag of tricks, he's got that extra gear that can get Michigan there. I mean, dude, you can just – I mean, J.J. played like – you know, I think he played something like 10 snaps against Ohio State. That number might be off. I'll go back and check maybe, you know, to kind of really break down how many snaps he actually played last year. But you can, you can point to like six or eight plays where you're just like – Bro, there's just not a lot of dudes doing that. Obviously, the throw against Western Michigan, that one gets a ton of hype. The pocket throw over the corner in front of the safety up the sideline in snow against Ohio State to Roman Wilson was a – I mean, that, that's a highlight throw you put on a quarterback draft tape every single year. The throw he made in between three I, – I don't know who was three it was. They might all be playing in the NFL right now against Georgia where he – damn near took Eric all's jugular out of his neck, dude is a, is the one of the most dynamic, you know, zippy throws I've seen from a freshman quarterback in a long time. The, obviously the running down the field and blocking for Blake Corum against Iowa, incredible play. And even he, watch some of the runs against Northwestern where he's yeah, juking guys in the secondary, that. the ship, like he's got an extra cutting back, cutting back against the grain and getting an extra 10 or 12 and just, you know, putting a guy on skates. Um, Dude, fending off Trayvon Walker, the number one overall pick for Georgia, fending him off with a stiff arm and making a throw to the out and up, you know, like, I mean, dude, just, I don't know, man. It's really hard to ignore those things, even though it was, it was, it, it was minimal snaps. It was, you know, Chris, I can't remember. You just, you just used a term or a phrase or something like how much he played it. It wasn't very much. It wasn't small very much. Size, yeah. yeah. Small sample size. However you want to, however you want to describe it. He just wasn't on the field that much. But you, he didn't need to be. I, I just, he just didn't need to be, man. You saw, you saw some of the things that, dude, on Cade's best day, he just can't do. Again, not a knock. You know, if JJ goes out and, and puts down a four or five, dude, Cade's not running that. If JJ is, launches back and throws the ball seventy five yards in air, Cade's not doing that. You know, the velocity coming off the arm angle, like he's not doing. Like it just is what it is. Now, if he's thrown into double coverage and he's throwing three or four picks every practice session, and Cade never throws any, that's valuable, dude. There's a lot to be said about that, going back to the article that I put up yesterday. So it's just one of these things that's not going to go away. I know, again, people were saying, like, we're we're not going to know who the starter is. I think you are. I think who starts I, that first game is is the guy. Yeah. I just I, – I think one of the things that bothers me the most about the whole deal is that the, the, the term or the word risk and, and mm -hmm. that people are starting to view J.J. McCarthy as a risk and, and – and, yeah, there might be some risk in, in when it comes to using JJ McCarthy, but that's also how you win football games. Like every play is a risk. Like everything you do out there is a risk. And there's some guys that are willing to take more risks than others. But I mean, it's the old adage risk reward. And I feel like whatever risk JJ gives you while he's on the football field, the reward is so much greater just based on what he's capable of and based on what the defense will have to plan for when he's behind center. And so I do think you're right, and I think we're in agreement. I think whoever starts week one is going to be the guy that starts for the remainder of the season. I'm still of the mindset that that's going to be Cade McNamara. And based on what we've heard you know, over the last week here from some people who have observed practice, I know that Jim Harbaugh is saying it's close. And go you know, go talk to Dave Refson. Go ask them. Well, when you go ask guys like that, they think it's pretty clear. It's Cade McNamara. So, Yeah, like I said, Dave Refson was pretty open and honest about it, uh, Jake. But I – I tend to pump the brakes a little bit when it's a Michigan guy. Uh, you know, like John Jansen on the radio has said it's Cade, and Jake Budd has said it's Cade. 
Uh, I mean, Michigan, it, dude, I, I've been doing this to be my ninth season covering the team. Chris, you're just in year two and a half or whatever you want to call it. We have the, 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 nobody, nobody who rocks the wing helmet or who has a block M on their check is upsetting the apple cart. It's so much easier for them to just say Cade because he was the starter. There's, there's a, there's a, it's just like going back to when we, when we found out that Cade was going to Big Ten Media Days, everyone's like, well, that's it. He's the starter. No, well, he might be, but. If Cade McNamara goes to Big Den Media Days, it's a it's a non-issue. It's a non-story. You don't even have to talk about it. If he doesn't go, it's a massive story. I feel like it's kind of that way with the guys who played at Michigan or who are directly tied to them. They're not going to say anything that's going to get people saying, well, like, there's J dude, Jake Butt was an All-American at Michigan. He thinks it should be J.J. If he yeah. says he thinks it should be Cade, it's just like, eh, okay, well, that's, you know, it's, I don't know. So that I'm kind of I'm kind of with that, but. You talk about Jake Butt, you talk about John Jansen, they know what they're talking about. You talk about Dave Refson, he doesn't have a dog in the fight. The couple of people that I've talked to don't have a dog in the fight either. They say Cade. And so I, I think it's going to be him, and I think it's going to be him all year. If it's not, be okay with that. We've talked about why we like JJ so much and the potential that could be there. And I do think the risky thing is it's part of the package when you get the other stuff that he can do. And that's what makes this whole thing so interesting and so much fun to talk. I mean, look at it, dude. Look at the viewership in the comments right now on a random Wednesday when we weren't even going to go live. Yeah, it's going. Yeah, off. I mean, it's it's clearly an issue that you know it's it's the most talked about issue leading up to the season, and I just think it's so fascinating because I I just struggle with every single possible scenario that could play out this year. Even though we saw what 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 can happen last year in terms of success, I still wonder how it can work and how can it be successful. How can Michigan get back to where they were if they go with Cade? How can a possible two quarterback system keep any guy ha happy? Yeah. Or if JJ doesn't play at all, I just it, it blows my mind that leading up throughout his recruitment, we were going to have to wait till year three to see him win that job. It just it's it's. We said I said a while back that if if JJ was as good as I thought and I think you thought that it would be clear during fall camp who the best quarterback was. And I still think that that's probably the case, but there's the caveat that, you know, JJ apparently is a little more free with the ball and willing to take a chance and will throw it into double coverage or throw it late across the middle or will do things that aren't necessarily within the framework of the offense. And when you have a really, 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 really talented offense, I can see why somebody like Revson would say, it's just not worth the risk. You've got too yeah. many good weapons. As much as I hate that, I hate that. I would roll the dice with JJ immediately, but I do at least get, if this offense is as talented as everybody seems to think it is, and even guys like Revson were impressed by what they saw in a short amount of time, if it's that good, they might just say, like, look, the, le the, the least risky guy and let the other guys do their work. Let no Donovan Edwards, let Blake Corum, let Darius Clemens, Andrew Anthony, Ronnie Belt, like, let all those guys work. A.J. Henning. The drives that end in punts, field goals with Cade could easily be big play touchdowns. Yeah. Take a risk, roll the dice with J.J. Flip side. The drives that ends in punts or field goals might be a fumble or a pick with a guy like Jay. So I, I get it. I, I, dude, I get it. It's hard. You know, they like, like Jim Harbaugh referenced the number, he, but JJ was really good at it too. He did say that he referenced that number of, of like the, the quarterback that led scoring drives and Kade did it at like a better than 50% clip, which is a really yeah. good number. He said JJ was like right there too. They, but they were both right there. So, I don't really necessarily like, again, I, I do take, I do, I do believe what I've been told from people who have seen practice, but again, that's a, that's a practice. It's not like they see every single rep and every single thing that JJ's done. I do think the risky thing is, is maybe unless it's just horribly obvious, I think it's blown out of proportion because I do think I've seen a lot of people say it. There's a reward fact, you know, there's a reward angle too. You right. get the like you reward thing and you've, you can't get hung up on the whole risk side of it without acknowledging that there is 100%. tremendous reward to playing a kid like JJ McCarthy. And I think that's what bothers me the most is like, well, there's a risk, there's a risk. Well, there's also a really, really big fat reward on the other side too. Potentially it's all potential. The risk is potential. So is the reward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who's to but, say what, that? But, but is, I mean, is, 
isn't the reward in your mind so much greater than the risk of starting him? I don't know I mean, if I, with, I don't know if I'd go that far. And I, you know, where I stand on on the talent and the potential of a guy like JJ, and 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 from the from the from the um the running game angle alone, I think is worth is worth it. I, I really do. I think when you've yeah. got if you've got a guy like JJ playing the entire game, where every time he comes on the field, it's not a run, which is essentially what it was for the, at least the first half of the year last year. If he's in there the whole time. And you can do zone reads where sometimes it's a give, sometimes it's a keep, sometimes it's an RPO, sometimes it's a fake and then a drop back. I mean, like it just opens up so much within the offense that's not there with Cade that that alone, that that angle alone is worth it to me. And then you throw in the arm talent and the but different that, arm angles and the getting outside of the pocket. And I, I'm just enamored by that kind of player. Yeah, I, I, yeah. That's a personal preference for me. That's what I'm saying, though. But the, I, can't, the, but I cannot discredit or discount leading your team to scoring drives most of the time. And if that's what Cade's doing, then that's huge. I I don't know how, I don't know how else to slice it, dude. It's tough. It's really, really tough. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, it's clearly a tough decision and it's, it's, it's one that we know, look, we know that Cade McNamara is going to go out there week one for the first drive. We know we're going to see Cade McNamara and we know that that's going to be the case for at least the first four weeks of the season. The fact that Jim Harbaugh even alluded to that, that tells me that that that's pretty much how this thing is going to look for the first four weeks. And then, you know, we'll find out what happens in Iowa and what kind of team Iowa is, but you know, yeah. they've already announced that they're doing the the black and gold stripe out in the stands. I think most people think it's going to be a day game, but that is going to be a hostile environment with a team that remembers what happened in Indy last year. And you just hope at that point, whatever the Michigan offense is, they they've found their identity and they're not still trying to figure it out between two guys who may or may not be the guy at that point. That's, I think that would be my hope, right? You want to go into that Iowa game with, all right, this is how it's going to work. You still don't want to be at that point in the season being like, I don't know who it's going to be. Yeah. Right. That's not a good place to be. Is it? No. And you wonder sometimes though, if more is being said behind closed doors, like, you know, us jabronis on the outside are like, who's the guy they do. They might know right now. In that That's building, true. they might, you know, they might know. He might have had a full suggest down. we don't know everything. <laughs> well, right. He might have had a full Jim Harbaugh might have had a full sit down meeting and told him. I don't I don't think so. But I, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I just feel like and he did <laughs> that that line. I wish I need to pull that. I need to save that video clip. It's like a 10 second clip of Jim Harbaugh saying, like, you know, all the players and the coaches were all seeing the same thing. And at some point it's going to be really obvious or maybe it won't. <laughs> like it is right now. Like, I'm like, what the hell is that, dude? What bum, are you talking bum, about? Bum. Yeah, it was just, it was just like the classic answer to this whole thing that we've been, that everybody's been talking about and debating. So anyway, as we, uh, as we get ready to roll out, we did it. And we um, did it. <laughs> no outro music this time. Should I sing? As we get ready to roll out, um, and your boy. The next time we're on, it's official, man. It's game week. The next time those people see us, it's game week, right? We're, yeah, yes, dude. We will be embarking on five shows a week. You don't even got to wait until next Wednesday to see us again. We're Monday. coming Monday, Monday, Monday for game week. That's that's burning questions, Monday. TFG. I mean, all, all the segments are coming back. Boom. Friday. Bam. Game. Post game. Boom. Oh, and wait. You know what? I'm not going to say a lot on this, but wait till you see what we got for you for pregame. We're just, we're taking it up a notch. We're taking pregame up a notch this year. And hopefully you guys are going to enjoy it. It's, it's so much more than a notch. It's a couple notches. We've taken it up a couple notches. Multiple well, the thing is, we l- listen, we didn't even have a pregame show last year. So not only are yeah. we going to have our first pregame show, but I think it's going to be something that, you know, I just I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud. Of Before it. the season is over, Chris will have a hat like this. There is not a chance. Look, hey, mm-hmm. if Cade McNamara wins, wins uh, the Heisman Trophy. I'll wear, uh, you know. <laughs> I'll wear that to wherever we go to celebrate Michigan season. And for someone earlier, if we can get probably get my ass kicked. Look at, look at this guy. This guy is Tommy Bahama. 
if we could get a Bud Light sponsorship, that would be great. But this is your it's your big boy. It's your Bud Light Michelada, a little bloody beer for those out there who are curious. Saw a couple of people asking. Delicious evening beverage as I'm settling in here, coming up on 8 o'clock, Houghton Lake. That's how we do it. Game week, pending. Stay tuned next week. We're going to, hey, we got big Five news days. coming next week for this pregame stuff. Big news coming. Five days away from our pre from our season schedule launching on Monday, dude. I'm pumped, dude. I'm pumped. Here. I'm glad we did a show tonight. I think it went really well. Appreciate everybody being there as always. Tons of interaction, great comments, great discussion. We always, always, now, always. Can I say that before we hop off? These guys are incredible. Every time we get on here, there. I mean, I feel bad that we can't get to all of it because yeah. it would just be impossible to touch up. But the interaction and and the way people hop on here and participate, it's just. Man, it makes it so fun to be a part of it. And listen, some of the stuff we're talking about, we're hinting at, there's going to be some opportunities for you guys to come out and yes. see your boys. There's going to be some opportunities to come out and see your boys. Not in that, not in that hat. Not in that hat. Hey, hey, I might put the logos right on the front of this bad boy. This might be my walk up every every week, dude. Well, Do you think they would let me into the stadium with this on? You'd probably be arrested. Well, Thrown right back. You, you just got out of jail. I'm here, on, and and now your now your camera's crapping out. So, well, that's that's time to go then. It's time to go. All right, thanks everybody for listening. Really appreciate it again. Uh, starting on Monday, we will be coming at you five days a game week. week. Five days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, seven o'clock, maybe eight o'clock. I got to talk to Chris about that a little bit. Just the, the time, the timing of some things and some whatever. But then Friday, but then every Saturday pregame, we're gonna kind of finagle with that a little bit because obviously, like a noon kickoff operates a little differently than a 3.30 in a night game, but we will be on before the game starts, and we will be on immediately after the game is over. Super excited about that again this year. Dude, it's here. We're like 10 days away. We're, it's here, and I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait. We're gonna see. Look at this guy over here. Look at the excitement. <laughs> I'm ready, dude. I'm ready. If you're at Holt Lake and you see a man in a giant hat, topless and pantsless, just it's Brandon Brown, please, please just, return with it with a Michelada. Just sprinting through the surf, just <laughs> flying across the water. It's football oh. season. By the way, did you know that? Houghton, here's a little trivia for you. Houghton Lake deepest point, 22 feet. Not a deep not lake. You can run all the way out there, dude. It's like up to my nips, dude. It's it's wild out there. A Michelada in hand. <laughs> Evening. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. We'll be back on Monday. Take care, everybody.